0: I'm Brim Bamber, and this is the Burnout to Brilliance podcast, where you'll learn how to go from overworked and overwhelmed to a place where you realize your sensitivity is your greatest gift, and you're energized by both your work and your life. Here we go. Hey, guys. I am lying under a tree in High Park which is my favorite park in Toronto and I wanted to start a weekly podcast because I wanted to have a way to talk to you on a weekly basis to let you know what's happening in my life week to week and also share some ideas about what can help you move from burnout to brilliance uh, from a place where you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you have anxiety which is super familiar for me and I'm a very anxious person by nature to a place where you can move into your brilliance you can move into using your gifts and doing what you're meant to do, what your purpose on earth is, what your purpose of this lifetime is. (coughs) So I wanted to be able to talk to you. So I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to talk to you. And this week, I really wanted to talk about our capacity for discomfort And how your capacity for discomfort will actually improve every area of your life. So what do I mean by capacity for discomfort? What I mean by that is when you feel fear, or you feel anger, or you feel shame, or sadness, or whatever emotion it is in some ways even joy you can feel the emotion, you can let the emotion into your body but you don't immediately react and you also don't immediately suppress it so with anger as an example if you Um, Are if you have a a capacity for discomfort if you're in traffic and someone cuts you off obviously you probably are going to feel angry it's totally natural and and, um, human of you to feel anger when someone cuts you off but what you don't want to do is you don't want to suppress it I am a chronic... You know, I have had a life of chronic anger suppression, and that has caused a bunch of problems, uh, both physical and psychological, for me. So I can tell you from experience, you don't want to suppress it. You want to be able to feel the anger, have the rage move through your body, but you also don't want to act out from it. So you don't want to roll down your window and scream at the person, or hit the gas and try and hit their car, or, you know, do some other sort of reaction. You just want to feel the anger and be like, "Ah, oh, I'm angry. But you don't, um, you don't do something to get rid of the feeling. So suppressing it gets rid of the feeling and also acting out, reacting, gets rid of the feeling. It kind of puts the anger onto somebody else. So the reason that you don't want to do this is because, honestly, this is going to improve every area of your life it's going to improve your relationship with money it's going to improve your relationship with work your career it's going to improve your relationship with your children your family your spouse your boyfriend your girlfriend your friends if you are able to have a bigger capacity for discomfort So how does this work, and why does this work, and what am I even talking about? So I wanted to give you some really tangible examples of what people who do have a capacity for discomfort um, are able to create in their lives. And also, I'm going to share a personal example of how a lower capacity of discomfort has kind of sabotaged a part of my life. So, with the people who do have a capacity of discomfort, the first person I wanted to talk about is C.S. Lewis, the author of Narnia, and I wanted to talk about him because I'm rereading Narnia this weekend, and I am so loving it. I'm totally into the magical world and taken away, and it's not super crazy intense because um, I am highly sensitive so I can't take like extreme violence or like thriller type books but um, it's really drawing me into this magical world and I'm just like loving it already. I just want to go home and read more of it. and so I wanted to talk about C.S. Lewis's capacity for discomfort because writing a book is an incredibly uncomfortable thing to do. So when you write an article or you write an essay, you need a certain level of discomfort. There is a certain level of uncertainty, of unknown. I write a lot of articles for my blog and also uh, for other people's websites. So I'm very familiar with this. But the thing about on articles, you don't really know how it's going to turn out and you don't know if someone is going to like it or if someone is going to be touched by it or if someone's going to want to buy it. In my case, some of the articles I write, I get paid for. But the discomfort and the uncertainty lasts about, you know, three days, maybe a week, depending on what the article is and how many edits I end up doing and how much research I have to do for the article. So that level of discomfort, I mean, I might have some fear about it, that, oh my God, it's not going to work out, or it's not going to be good, no one's going to want to read it, no one's going to want to put it on their website. Um, but, but it's a very uh, short amount of discomfort, honestly, to write an article, to write the first draft, maybe takes an hour, two hours then there's like lots of editing and moving it around, but an hour or two hours of of fear of whether it's going to work out or not is um, something that I'm totally okay with. (laughs) Now, when you think about C.S. Lewis and writing books, he's written so many books, um, and I don't even know, I wish I knew which book he wrote first, but even writing his first book or writing um, some of the Narnia books. He had to go into that discomfort for, I'm assuming, maybe even years. It takes a long time to write a book. And you don't know how it's going to turn out. And you don't know if anyone's going to like it. And I was just thinking about this. He has these like amazing characters like Aslan the Lion this talking wise lion and all of these different characters that he had to create and and just from his imagination and hope that someone else was going to be intrigued by it or love it or be drawn in by it and you know even writing the first draft of a book probably takes months I know for me it would probably take months I've been working on a memoir and it has actually been years because I don't have the capacity to do it full time so it's been years of working on it and I still don't even have like a full first draft and so you know he was probably working on this book for a long time not knowing if it was going to turn out not knowing if it was going to touch people not knowing if anyone was going to want to publish it (coughs) probably having I'm assuming fears about you know is this gonna work how is this gonna work and in the end it worked out amazingly and the Narnia books are you know sold tons of copies and I'm sure he made a lot of money on those books eventually but when he started he really had no idea he just had a pen in his imagination and didn't know if it was going to work out and so his capacity for discomfort of not knowing whether it was going to work out or if anyone was wa- going to want to buy it or want to read it he created this magical set of books that you know has really touched a lot of people and and I read them growing up as a kid, and I loved them. And then and now, as you know, a 31 year old, I'm rereading them and loving them just as much, if not more, and um, you know, really seeing the symbolism in the story. And so, that is. A positive thing that your capacity for discomfort and your capacity in this sense, I'm really talking about your capacity for fear, can do because look at what C.S. Lewis did with his capacity for discomfort of fear and anxiety. So, let's talk about what goes wrong if you don't have a big capacity. Or discomfort. So this one is a personal example um, of a relationship that I was in in the past, and I was really nervous that the person was going to not like me or leave me. You know, the first couple of months of the relationship were just fun and breezy, and then, you know, maybe at four months it's starting to get more serious of like okay maybe this is someone I'm going to be with for a while I really like this person I really want them to like me I really want them us to be together for a while and I got really scared that they were going to leave me it was like I really like them I'm scared they're going to leave me and so Instead of having the capacity for that fear and just sitting with the fear and being like, I'm scared and I can feel my fear, but I'm not necessarily going to react. You know, when you think about C.S. Lewis with his book, he could have quit. There are probably a hundred times or maybe even a thousand times he could have quit and been like, you know what, this is a waste of my time. No one's going to want this. You know, his anxiety could have taken over him. Or maybe, you know, other people said, what are you wasting your time on that? All that writing. He could have quit. And in my case, um, in the relationship, I had all this fear. And instead of just being with the fear and and sitting with it and allowing my body to feel scared and... (laughs) And, you know, getting support for it. Talking to a friend and saying, you know, I really like this person. I'm scared he's going to leave me. I clung tighter to the person. So I would ask for more of his time. And I would ask for him to say nice things to me more often. And I would get angry and express my anger to him when he didn't do exactly what I wanted, what I thought I needed to feel safe. Instead of, you know, drawing on my own resources to feel safe, I thought, on some level, I thought it was his job to make me feel safe, and only if he did this and this and this would I feel safe. And so I was, like, clinging really tight to this person and at the same time getting angry at them when they weren't giving me exactly what I wanted. And it ended up, it was almost like I created what I feared. I, he ended up breaking up with me, and I think that was in part because I was clinging so tightly and getting angry when I didn't get exactly what I thought I needed to feel safe. And so that is what can happen in your relationships or in your jobs or in your creative products when you, projects when you don't have the capacity for discomfort. You can end up sabotaging it or quitting because you don't just want to feel the fear of, oh my God, this could end. And instead of just being like yeah this could end it's pretty scary I really like this person taking all this action that I thought was going to help me feel better and get rid of my fear and on some level maybe did get rid of my fear but didn't create the result that I ultimately wanted which was a long term relationship with this person and so that is what can happen when your capacity for discomfort is low. And so I wanted to give you guys one more example to kind of think through this and um, drive the point home which is the Audible app, which I love. I am reading uh, the Narnia books, like a paper book. I got it from a little free library near me. I live in in the High Park neighborhood in Toronto and we have these like little boxes um some people put on their front lawn and you can leave your book there or you can take a book so Narnia I'm reading the paper book but I'm obsessed with Audible and I'm currently listening to You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero um on Audible which is an amazing book I'm listening to it for the second time and hopefully I'm going to do some of the exercises this time, the first time I just kind of listened to it all um, so I wanted to talk about the Audible app and the creators of Audible and what they had to go through in order to create this app and so they had to have the idea for the app and then they had to pay for the software developers to make the app, which I can tell you is not a cheap thing to do. And then they had a, to create you know, the, the logo, the graphic design, the website, all of this stuff at a high level, at a professional level, so that it would look good. All this time, not knowing whether the app was going to work, whether people are going to want it, whether it was going to take off, whether anyone would ever find it in the app store, which has 100 million apps in it. They didn't know any of this, but they had to be able to have that capacity for fear and risk and unknown and uncertainty in order to get to where they are. And there are so many ways they could have sabotaged it. They could have said, You know what? We just can't risk spending the money on a super nice website. So let's make this crappy template website that is gonna be not that expensive. And or they could have said, you know, whatever. Let's just you know put the software out there even though it has all these glitches because we can't really afford to make the perfect software right now and then probably if the users I mean obviously there's going to be some glitches and and that is inevitable but when you don't put your best foot forward because you're scared of spending the money to put your best foot forward then it's probably not going to get good reviews people are probably not going to recommend it to their friends it's not going to do that well and so in order for Audible to have you know, built the success they have and have the impact of the on the lives that they've had and then they also had to obviously get audio versions of all these different books and so... You know, like buy the copyright or figure that out, so that there are enough books on it that people can actually have the, find the book that they're looking for. There's all this, all these steps, all of these things they had to do before they knew it was going to work, before they knew it was going to take off and become popular and and make a profit. The profit that they're making now, they needed this whole team of people and all of to create all of these aspects and really do their best at creating them and really believe in the product and and so fear so easily could have sabotaged them at any phase you know if they didn't have a big capacity for fear and for risk you know we wouldn't have this amazing amazing product and almost every you know every product that we encounter in our lives has this history like the toaster and like the guy that discovered electricity (laughs) you know like through a kite string and and all of these all of these like amazing inventions that are in our lives now that are changing our lives and making our lives better are our iPhones our cell phones if someone didn't believe in and was able to face the uncertainty and was able to fail and keep trying we wouldn't have all of these beautiful things in our lives that we have now that make our lives so much better because of someone else's capacity for fear and for discomfort. And so when you think about your life and and the life you want to live and how you want to move from burnout to brilliance, I would argue that a part of this is expanding your capacity to feel your fear to be in uncertainty and not know how something's going to work out and trust that it will work out. Or even if it doesn't work out, you're going to be okay. You're going to be able to take care of yourself and, and put yourself back together. So some some physical things you can do to practice this is just when you have fear when you notice that you're scared or you're stressed because sometimes stress is just another word for fear it's like a more socially acceptable word for fear what I would suggest you do the next time that you feel stressed is to take a deep breath and you can even just take one now just to practice take a deep breath And feel in your body, you know, where is the tension? Where is the stress manifesting itself physically? Where do you feel the stress or the fear? Because we've established that stress is just a more socially acceptable word for anxiety or fear. And just allow that physical sensation to be there. If it's tension in your head, or in your shoulders, or in your belly, or wherever the stress. In your heart, in your chest, wherever the stress is manifesting for you. If you can just continue to breathe. And feel that physical sensation of you know pain or tension or however it's manifesting itself that is really the first step in accessing or or expanding your capacity for discomfort your Capacity for fear, your capacity for uncertainty—all of these things we don't like, but also that are going to create the best relationships in possible, and the best, you know, careers possible, and the best friendships and the deepest friendships possible. So my my favorite way to work with um, fear and 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 your capacity for discomfort is this practice called Tonglen that I learned from Pema Chodron who's a best-selling author and a Buddhist monk. And essentially what it is, I'll lead you through a, a small version of it now and I also have a YouTube video of an expanded version of it if you want Um, a little bit of a longer version. But you just scan your body and notice where the stress or the tension is manifesting. And then as much as possible you drop the story About the stress. So if you're like I'm stressed because my sister is mad at me. Or I'm stressed because the deadline at work was moved up. As much as possible drop the story. And just focus on the physical sensation of the stress. And then as you breathe in, welcome that tension, or that pain, or that discomfort that you're feeling on a physical level. Breathe it in and welcome it into your body as much as possible. And then as you exhale, relax as much as possible. And you might not be able to relax completely. You might still feel the tension and that's okay. Just as much as you can. And then your next inhale, you're welcoming that tension, that physical sensation, that pain, whatever it is for you, welcoming it in on the in-breath. relaxing on the out breath. And so you just continue to do this and you can set a timer for two minutes if you're starting out or five minutes or ten minutes and just welcome this physical sensation, dropping the story as much as you can you might get caught up in the story again and that's okay but just returning every time to the physical body to to the physical tension, to the physical manifestation of the pain that you're feeling and just welcoming it into your body and relaxing on the out breath And this practice has been totally amazing for me, particularly in the area of shame. I started to use this practice um, a lot and really lean on it hard when I was going through an experience that made me feel really ashamed. And it was really helpful and healing and allowed me to expand my capacity for shame and to ultimately to forgive myself and realize that I had made some mistakes and that that was okay, that I didn't have to beat myself forever up forever. I could still I could feel regret and wish that it hadn't happened the way that it happened and at the same time not annihilate myself, not, you know, beat myself into the ground telling myself I was worthless because I had made this mistake. So it's an amazing practice. It works wonderfully for fear, for shame, even for anger, for sadness, for grief, whatever it is. Um... One of uh, my teachers, who uh, is a Mayan teacher, she's from Guatemala and and um, is indigenous to, to that region. Um, you know what she says is that our cells in our physical body are like Pac Men. And they will eat your emotions. They will process your emotions. If you allow the emotion into the body, your cells know what to do with it. Your cells know how to process it so it doesn't get repressed and stuck. And at the same time, so you aren't acting out with it, putting it onto somebody else. Um, and so all we have to do is allow the emotion into the body and then our body knows what to do with it. So I love this image and, and, and these are all things that really are going to help you to expand your capacity for discomfort and through that let you create the beautiful life, the beautiful Family, or the beautiful experience that you want to create. So, thank you so much for listening to this first episode. I'm so excited. Um, I will link to uh, my 10 minute video that explains Tonglen in more detail. So you can have access to that and, and do that exercise to expand your capacity for discomfort. And I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful week. And I'm so excited to talk to you next week about more things that will take you from a place of burnout into a place of brilliance. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to pick up my free guide, Reduce Stress and Get an Hour of Your Day Back. You can find that at BrynBamber.com relax. That's b-r-y-n, dot relax. Have a lovely and relaxing day.